So to set up our review for Missouri, I want there are a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, the first is our offensive line against their defensive line, which scares the crap out of me because their defensive line is good. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and this is the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, episode 51, or episode 9 of season 2, but either way you slice it, today we are previewing the Dogs' SEC opener against the Tigers of Missouri. Now this time last week, us Georgia fans and the team were feeling pretty good about how the season began. UGA had just vanquished the Tar Heels at the Dome. Jacob Eason looked every bit the part of the vaunted freshman that he was reported to be, and Nick Chubb had a phenomenal day running the ball. Then, Nichols State happened. And now, leading up to Missouri, those feelings of confidence have gone out the window after a terrible 26-24 win versus a bottom-dwelling FCS team. The number nine ranking is also gone, and there's a palpable feeling of trepidation as Georgia heads out to Columbia this weekend. My co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me to break down how we see this game shaping up. We also take a look at some of the other SEC and national games of interest, and at the end of this episode, we discuss our favorite sports movies. Not as random as you might think, because Will is not only a senior writer at SportsOnEarth.com and covers politics for Bloomberg, but he is a bona fide film critic for The New Republic, which is one of the many podcasts he contributes to on a weekly basis. So, I hope you enjoy all of the football talk, and stick around for the sports movie part at the end as I have some fun with random questions for Tony and Will. Now, let's get into the show. Yes, I'm back, by the way. I'm sorry I missed Welcome last back, week. Uh, I'll be in basically the show I think I couldn't talk about last week. Yeah, I know you guys plug it. No, you we guys, plug it You guys for mentioned you. it on the, the last episode. It's very fun, by the way, listening to the episodes that you guys do that I'm not on. <laughs> I feel the problem is this, I have the same problem. That um, I have the Ewing theory problem, uh, which is that I listen to it. I'm like, oh man, like it's a lot better without me. Um, oh, what am I even Will. contributing to this thing? Um, but anyway, um, so that's, that's very kind and a lie. So point is, um, yeah. So the show is pro football now. You can see it on Sports Illustrated site uh, every Thursday and throughout the week, and I think it runs on some. Basic cable network. Well, you told me it worked. It ran on the. Uh, that's what they tell me. I don't know. It hasn't run yet. Esquire they, channel. They say it's like they're negotiating to put it on it. I honestly don't know. Okay. Uh, I do the some show. Random channels like like twenty nine. Yeah, like two in the morning. It's yeah. on HBO. Yeah. No, Cinemax after, at after two a.m. Yes, <laughs> yes. But the best place to watch it if you can just go to si.com and it's called Pro Football Now. It's with Nate Burleson, which is awesome. Yeah, he is, and he, he is, is really a, good. He is really good. He's an awesome guy. Most people probably know Nate Burleson from. Uh, obviously for football, but also now from Good Morning Football, which is a show he does on the NFL Network. Uh, so every time you see the morning show and it's like six, 7 o'clock in the morning, like, why are these people so perky and talking about football? That is Nate Burleson and Peter Schrager and Kay Adams and uh, some other guy. Um, anyway, the point is, is uh, this show is I, I do with Nate Burleson, Andrew Perloff, uh, McLovin, if you listen to the Dan Patrick show, that's the <laughs> McLovin from that show, uh, and, um, and Maggie Gray, who's the host. So I'm still figuring it out. We did one show that went fine, but uh, there's a lot of work left to do on it. But that is on weeks where I leave on uh, the show tapes every Wednesday night. So on, on weeks where I have to leave on Tuesday, which is about half the time, a little bit more than half the time, I'm not able to do the show. But on weeks where I leave on Wednesday morning, like I am now, I can be here for the show. Oh, and I feel like we have a lot to discuss after. Yeesh. How much are we going to do in looking back versus let's look forward to? I think it? ordinarily we don't have to do too much, but well, I, I do. Mean, I, you know, one of the things I want to do is I want to try to 
let's be careful about the small sample size issue of Nickel State. Now, I'm not trying to gloss over anything that happened. It was a horrible game, right? It really was a bad game. There's no way around that was a that was an awful game. And had it lost, it would have been probably the the most embarrassing loss in certainly modern modern college football history. Yeah, right. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, and and it was really close. So to me, it was really close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was um, really but close. I'm gonna play a little game to kick us off called "Likely or Not." And okay. shows. Ooh, listen, like here, here's the premise. Here's the premise. Like so I'm gonna ask you a question about the Braves. You know, the Braves have had an actually really good. Month, especially mm-hmm. considering the first three months of the season, right? Mm-hmm. So, is it likely or not the Braves will be a nationally wild card team in 2017? Is, Am I supposed to answer that? I yes. would say not likely. Not likely. I'm a homer, so I'm going to say likely. Okay, right. So, if you only look at the past three weeks, discounting the three game slide to the Nationals, really, right. it's easy to say if you'd only start paying attention to them August 10th of saying, well, yeah, they're likely to be an yeah. they're, they're like, they're literally like six, yeah. playing 600 ball. They played very well. Right. Already. But, when you still look at the season, they're still yeah. like they could go on a losing streak and still get the first draft. Well, I mean, every draft. every team's going to win sixty and lose sixty. It's just what you do in the other forty-two, right? And whatever it is, and the Braves have done really bad. They're forty-two already. Yeah. Um, I and mean, the Cardinals so, have lost a lot of games, right? Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's likely or not okay. likely that they lose seventy or seventy-five uh, games. Uh, my column on Sports Center on Monday will tell you it is not likely they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, oh. it's just it's Matheny's problem, okay. um, fault. I'm sorry. So. Based on that premise. Or was that just the test, like the sample question? Down, just so we could yes. lay out the premise. He was explaining right? the rules. Okay. So, Jacob Eason will transfer from Georgia after 2017. Likely or not likely? Uh, I'm going to say not likely. I'm also going to say not likely. Okay. Georgia will finish 2016 at 6-6 six and six or worse. At 6-6 six and six or what? Worse. Not likely. Not likely. How about 7-5? Not likely. Not likely. Eight and four. That's where I go with the or. Okay. That's the push. You're okay. going to be like Kirby and put an or in the depth chart. That's the yeah. That's the push. That's the okay. push for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's likely to. I would go say eight it's equally four. likely that they will finish better than eight and four. Okay. They, nah. Let's make that nine and three. It is equally okay. likely they will. Yeah. Finish I'm, better I'm, than I'm nine sticking and with nine and three. Yeah. I'm, okay. I think nine and three sounds good. Kirby Smart will be on the hot seat in January of seventeen. No. Not likely. I'm not even saying not likely on that. I'm, I'm no. even the skeptic here, and I would say not likely. George will finish with a losing SEC record this season. They play South Carolina. They play Missouri. They play Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Not likely. Not likely. Okay. Okay. All right. So in Auburn, based, sorry. Based on these, based on these answers, right, right? Let's frame what happened the past week. That's okay. Good. Yep. I see what you're saying. Let's frame what happened in the past week. It sucked. It was a terrible game. It was the probably the worst I've seen us play since the first quarter of the Colorado game in 2006. <laughs> right? right? Or maybe even the whole Colorado game out there. But we that's I don't want to get too morose. Right. But um, it was bad. And as since at least since the golf days, or maybe the start of the Mar- uh, Don and days. So let's before we start applying grand metrics about what happens next week against Missouri, which looked better. Um, let's keep in mind that that this was a game, and there's stuff about the game that's going to take a while to fix. There's stuff about this game that's easily fixable with something as simple as somebody on the team stepping up and saying, "This is stupid. We can't act this way." Right. Okay. That's my point. That is I, a good, that I feel like that is a good exercise because you're right. Like I'm. I mean, again, I feel like it is difficult to overstate the awfulness of that game last week, but I also do not think. If you're asking me, hey, if Georgia played Nickel State in three weeks, 
do they win by 30? Or this my, Saturday? My answer would be yes. Let me put it this way. During the North Carolina game, when we were down by 10 points yeah. and coming back, and I was like, I was, you know, because my boys look at me like, Daddy, how do you, <laughs> what, what's your temperature check on this? Are we going, does it look good or bad? And they could tell by the look on my face that, like, I don't know, guys. And so I, we got superstitious, and I told my 8-year-old to put his receiver gloves on because, I mean, what 8-year-old doesn't because bring that works, receiver gloves? But that yeah. works. And it did, and yeah. they scored 19 points. And so when we got down 14 to 13 in this yeah. game, they're looking at me, and I'm, and they're the same look, like daddy. And I'm like, hey, Walker, put your receiver gloves on because, you know, it's superstitious and it worked last week. But don't be worried. We'll be fine. So yeah. I had a different feeling. The, the, I'm, the point I'm making is that even though it was, like, so close, I don't know if you feel the same way, Will, but I didn't really have – I felt like this is going to be tough, but we're not – going to lose this game. For what it's worth, I never thought they were going to lose right. that game last week. I didn't think we were going to lose North Carolina. But it was terrifying that it was even that a possibility. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, that's the problem. Like, like, one more half quarter, and then it would have been like, I mean, oh my goodness. Chubb doesn't make that block. Right. Who knows what right. happens. Right. Right. Or, like, Lambert doesn't make that throw. A terrific yeah. throw. But or Chigbu drops another pass. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is that. Well, the, the part the part where I started getting a little nervous is when Chubb fumbled because Chubb just doesn't fumble. He doesn't fumble. fumble. Yeah. Um, so and it, so I think that contributes to the the notion that it was kind of a snake bit day. Absolutely. Like I think yeah, it was a little bit absolutely. of a snake bit day. Now, again, even on a snake bit day, they should be nickels by 20 points. Absolutely. I think that's but, right. But it was a little bit of a thing. But you, it's hard to beat teams when you give them basically two seven-yard fields. No, yes. matter, I, no I, and I see. Yes. I get what you're saying. Yes. There is no reason why we should ever be in that situation. And frankly, with a team there's like no them. reason. But we even, were even with the offensive line kind of in flux. There's no reason they shouldn't be blowing those guys off the line. And this brings me to you, you mentioned on the podcast uh, Senator Plutarski's uh, get yeah. the picture yeah. blog, and he had I thought a pretty measured but still strong post in the wake of that game yeah. being a little critical of Kirby. Uh, not so much critical like this guy stinks or this guy, but like this is what you're going to get when you have A, a first-year coach, B, someone who is from the Alabama system, where so much of the Alabama system is you're, you're going to recruit better than everybody else, and eventually you're going to do the thing that you want to do, and you're going to succeed at it because you have better talent than everybody else. And eventually, I think that's absolutely going to work for Kirby Smart. The fact is, but right now, he doesn't, like, this is the first year. He doesn't have, like, he certainly has better talent than Nichols, but he doesn't have that Alabama talent. And I saw the, the, the problem with the Nichols game was not just that the offensive line didn't blow them away the way you'd like to. The problem was... Once it was clear that wasn't happening, there didn't we seem did. like a major change of the game plan. And that is my concern. We did nothing different. Right. It, we, it was like we kept hitting ourselves in the head with a hammer and decided, this only hurts so much. We, yeah. And I, I get why you don't make that change. I really get why you don't make that change. Particularly with, what, eight SEC games coming up. You right. don't want to show too much. Right. And you want to be in a position where you – you won't be in a position where you can point back to this game and tell your, tell your players, right. we learned something here. And, right. and there's a lot to learn. But there are some things that aren't going to change this year. Our offensive line is our offensive line. And at some point, I think, at some point, Cheney's going to dial up different plays if, if for no other reason to take the nine men out of the box and say, okay, that's fine. Right. So, you know, as a setup to talking about the Missouri game, the concern I have about the Missouri game is less the offense because we know Missouri has a good defense and and 
uh, is Missouri now apparently has some offensive. Well, I mean, we'll things. see. We'll see. Yeah. It, but but Locke is, Lock is a better quarterback than we've seen from the right. in the past. And uh, apparently the Johnson the Johnson kid really showed out uh, right. against Eastern Michigan, right? Eastern yeah. Michigan. And, um, and so, the worst of the directional Michigans. Yes, absolutely the worst. The worst they're even the worse than... What, Eastern Michigan? Eastern Michigan. Yeah. For the record, yeah. Western Michigan is favored at Illinois this week. So keep well, that you, in mind. you gave that whole piece on how Western Michigan's actually favored to go undefeated this year. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah the no, ones that won at Northwestern. Yeah. yeah. Go Cuts. And, um, but yeah, so like. Well, Eastern, remember, Eastern Michigan was the one that couldn't break down the cinder block wall. Yeah. The, Eastern Michigan is definitely the least of the direction yeah. of Michigan. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's bad. But it's still, bad. you feel like Missouri has shown something. That we have not seen Missouri show <laughs> the ability to score a bunch of points. Yeah, and that that is like even against a terrible team, they they were never scoring sixty points. Right. So I think that, that that's so, something that we that's different about what we thought than we thought about them. So to set up our review for Missouri, I want there are a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, the first is our offensive line against their defensive line, which scares the crap out of me because their defensive line is good. It's always good. Missouri's it's, defensive it, line yeah, is defense, always yeah. good. Um, I am okay with how our Tight ends match up with their uh, linebackers and her receivers match up with their secondary with the caveat of saying our tight ends disappeared again. We threw one pass to a tight end this week, wow. this past week. And and I think it's easy to step back and say Cheney kept it really vanilla, which we thought they would. Um, and then the drive where Easton threw the interception, his last drive, we actually opened the playbook up a little bit and were able to. Fairly just moved down the field. We moved down the field. It took us about six minutes, seven minutes, six and a half minutes to go the 83 or four yards, however it was we went, however far it was we went, um, to uh, then got to the the place where the interception happened. But so I'm I'm a little less worried about play calling because I think we kept it intentionally vanilla. And that got us in trouble later. It did get us in trouble. And and the thing about it is, and I get. Look, we we have to accept the fact we have a new coach. We have a freshman starting quarterback for all intents and purposes. Whether or not he play, he actually starts mm-hmm. or whatever. He's he has now played on um, you know about fifty percent of the snaps that we. I'm sorry, about sixty five percent of the snaps we played. Uh, we have a lot of young guys at receiver. We have a, what is essentially a a sophomore uh, a sophomore running back who missed the last five games of last season and. And our thousand yard rusher hasn't really seen much of the field. And then, and then our our our, our quote unquote other running back has been hurt. So, yeah. um, we, you know, we are a young team, right? So, the the I think the part about it that in the part, one of the reasons I want to do this exercise we did is that we still look like a nine and three team, which is what I think all of us kind of arrived on because we have a new head coach, yeah. we have a young quarterback, and and we're still growing. And to get more, a little more into what we're talking about with Senator Blutarski's uh, post, I mean, this may, week might well have been our UL Monroe game. I mean, it remains to be seen. I mean, it could have been our whatever Muschamp's first game where people of Florida went, what did we get into? Right. I mean, it could be. Yeah. I don't think it is, but it could South be. South Carolina people are getting into that now after the loss to Well, that, well, South Carolina <laughs> is a different name. The cover was so bare there. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is that, like, He screwed up Florida, but like South Carolina was... They, came, pre, they came pre-screwed up. Yeah, they came pre-disaster. <laughs> pre-disaster. Pre-disaster, yeah. yeah. Yes. They came without the instructions from Ikea? Yeah, no, that well, actually, it's, it's more along the lines of they bought a modular house that had bad mold when we went to Florida. They just bought they just bought a modular house that was like on the dirt in South Carolina. But you know, my my point saying all that is is that it's hard to be in a position where we have to look at it this way. 
we're going to end up losing a game somewhere along the way. It could be this week yeah. where we're like, how did that happen? It almost happened last weekend. But we could also go to Missouri and win 45 to 12. Right, right. I mean, it could happen. Absolutely. Right? Well, it's funny. When, you talk, when we talk about nine and three, if you're going to have three losses, it's a very good chance this is one of the three, right? Like, yeah, because at the beginning going of the season, forward, yeah. we were thinking yeah. North, Carolina North Carolina might yeah. be one of those. Yeah. So, but, um, you know, looking ahead one more week, I'm very excited that that kickoff for Ole Miss is at noon. I know y'all aren't because you're going, but that's good yeah. for the visiting team. It's great team. for us. Yeah, it's not, it's not good for us going, but it's it right. great for Georgia. 11 a.m. Central. I was going to say, definitely not, not noon, 11 a.m. Yeah, right. yeah, we'll, yeah it's going to end up being – I mean, we're going to have I a mean, great time. That, historically, that's helped uh, Georgia in the Auburn series Why when they is, kick off at like, noon. Does it, isn't there an SEC network and an ESPN? Yeah, so the, the way this works um, – and I posted on this on the sports blog um, – in the summer, but the way this works is CBS always gets the first pick, of course, right? The and then basically the conference works with ESPN to allocate the rest of the games. And the, the exception is the the one exception would be the uh, the noon and three thirty CBS game, the three thirty eight. Right, they do the doubleheader, right? The doubleheader, but that's not that's not play. So what happens is is that basically CBS picks. And then the conference works with the schools, essentially, which is why we get a lot of new games, to decide who's on SEC Network and who is on ESPN or other ESPN platforms. So when you sit down and look at this week and the games are there, basically they, they had two real choices for Florida, Tennessee. Florida, Tennessee. So we're talking next week. Yes, that's right. correct. Okay. They had Florida, Tennessee, and they had LSU, Texas A&M, I think. Right? No, Texas A&M, Auburn, LSU, Arkansas. LSU, Arkansas. Right. Yeah. So Arkansas what? winning their game and Georgia playing bad against Nichols. That changed. That's, well, and, and they're, they're also assuming Ole Miss is going to lose to Bama this week. Right, right. and that's part, of the, that's part of the thing. I was, my concern was they were going to make a six-day window, which makes it even worse. We won't find out until next week. Right. But so actually a buddy of mine um, is trying to set up a first birthday for his one-year-old. We're soon to be one year old. And he was like, What do you think on this game? I was like, Well, it's 50 50, noon or 7 30. He's like, You really think so? I said, It's going to be ESPN or one of the ESPN platforms. If it's noon, it's 100% ESPN. If it's 6 30, 7 30, it could be the Deuce, it could be ESPN. Um, it's not likely to be SC, the SEC network. And that's exactly what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So they put the, I thought being in the in the Eastern, on uh, the Central Time Zone, now that, that, that would help us get the 7 30 game. That's awesome. And it didn't. It didn't. They still put uh, South Carolina versus Kentucky at Ooh. the late game, yeah. um, which is, you know, that happens. Yeah. So, well, I mean, clearly they wanted better ratings for the noon game. For the, for the, for the and, that's, and that's the thing about it. ESPN. Right. The ESPN still has to sell ads for noon, right, right. right? So they want a good game. And they want a I mean, that's a better game than South Carolina. Far better. So, um, um, by the way, one more, speaking of which, a little news item just came through. Yeah. Oh, really? This is breaking news? The official Tuesday night. People are listening to this, but I already know this. But the 2017 schedule for the yeah. Georgia Bulldogs has been, has been released. released. Okay, do you have it in front I of you? I do have it in front of me. Would you like to hear it? Sure, let's let's have it. Then we'll get to Missouri. Then we'll get back to Missouri. But this is just, I think this is fun. People want to talk about this. Opening week, September 2nd, which means it's not a weird Thursday game like they had this year. Appalachian State at Georgia. <laughs> oh, boy. That is wow. the opener next oh, year. Oh, boy. Opener next year, September 2nd, Appalachian State at Georgia. The next week, September 9th, Georgia at Notre Dame. Notre Dame! The Notre Dame game is here. You're going. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's in South Bend. It's in South Bend. I'm, I'm, I'm so go into that game. September 16th, Samford. With Sam. Samford. Samford. Sam like, like, like Birmingham, yes. Samford. Sands, son. Samford. The Bulldogs. Uh, at Georgia. September 23rd, uh, uh, Mississippi State. At Georgia. Oh, okay. Okay. September 30th, Georgia at Tennessee. 
Right. October 7th, Georgia at Vanderbilt. So they didn't fix that, going back-to-back to to Tennessee. October 14th, Missouri at Georgia. October 21st, off week. October 28th, Georgia plays Florida in Jacksonville. 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 You guys pronounce things so weird here. Jacksonville. It's not Jacksonville. Uh, November 4th, South Carolina. That's weird to have South Carolina so late. I love it. South Carolina at Georgia. Because they'll have already packed it in by then. I hope so. I got to say, I kind of like the way it ends here. November 11th is Georgia at Auburn. Yeah. And the final SEC game, November 18th, is Kentucky at Georgia. Right. Uh, Which is, I think, what they did a couple years ago in Aaron Murray's last game when we got hurt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the last mm-hmm. time we in Kentucky. And November 25th, Thanksgiving weekend, is Georgia. Well, who's our Patsy at the end of the season? There is no Patsy. There's no Patsy, yeah. So, oh, because of because Notre Dame of, and Georgia Tech. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Samford. All right. Because remember, there's, all, there's, there's nine conference games now. Yeah. So. No, there's only eight conference games. I'm sorry, isn't that wrong? There's only eight conference games. But the, the difference is, is that we're not. We're, yeah, sorry, you're right. Yeah, we're playing. Uh, okay, Appalachian. We're State and Samford. Samford. So Absolutely we have right. So the SEC is doing away with that that the crappy weekend apparently, or yeah. or, or, or or we're playing. Or, yeah, I guess we can look. Yeah, and see or that's that. the three thirty game. That's the three thirty. <laughs> Georgia Kentucky. I mean, is the honestly, like, there's yeah. always that one. Yeah, I guess with fourteen teams, you, where yeah. they're always put together. A there's always teams. one SEC yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into the task at hand. Yes. That being the Missouri Tigers. Let me just kind of give a quick introduction because. I had to do a little bit of research on Missouri. On what the Midwest was? Right, because I have not been paying attention to Missouri <laughs> at all. I had to look up their coach. I l- actually clicked on a picture of him because I didn't know it's what he Dana Holgerson, like. right? <laughs> no, no. His hair is not it's nearly opposite, as good yeah. as it's Dana, Dana Holgerson. Yeah, okay. So his name is Barry Odom. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback is Drew Locke, who actually had a really good week last week. However, one thing that it's kind of a bit of a conundrum, he is number five in the nation in passing yards. Drew Locke is. However, his QBR is 56, and I don't really claim to understand the QBR that much, but I know like 100 is really good. I'm guessing he's probably... He's throwing a lot of picks. Yeah, and he probably didn't complete a high percentage of his passes. No, he didn't. Right, right. Another couple of interesting points there. uh, Well, let me go ahead and tell you a couple of the key players. Their running back is Ish Witter. Uh Ish, I like that name. But he has only 93 total yards rushing this year. It's basically running back by committee. You know, Nick Chubb has 302. Uh, wide receiver to look out for is Ray Wingo. Um, they got a couple guys on the outside that can actually fly. The Johnson guy, right? Yep, yep. I guess one reason why he's number five in the nation in, in passing yards is that he's completed passes to 14 different players over the span of two weeks. That's That's more than we've done, I would think. Yeah, that seemed right. There's eight players with rushes which have a total of 350 yards. And a reminder, Nick Chubb has 302 by himself. So not and had a really bad game. And had a really a, bad uh, game against the Patsy. So uh, the other interesting fact, a couple of other interesting facts, they're 13 of 39 on third downs. I think Nickel State was 6 of 16 against Georgia uh, on Saturday. Yeah. The defense for Missouri, which is usually kind of their calling card, mm-hmm. They they are giving up 5.2 yards per play, 461 yards per game, and that's including the blowout last week against Eastern Michigan. Their defensive tackles and defensive ends, they have one total sack on the season. Really? And they play West Virginia. West Virginia and Eastern Michigan. Yep. For what it's worth, uh, sorry, well, the final point, and then I'll let you go. They're kickers. They have two kickers they've been interchanged. It sounds to me like they have the same issue we do with Mm -hmm. kind of breaking in a new kicker. They've both missed extra points this year, 
and they are one and three on field goals with a long of twenty four. So, but are any of those kickers named after deli meat? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they're but not. to be fair, he's named not named after, after deli. deli meat. He's named after the actual pork product, <laughs> like fresh smoked. It's like so, William fresh smoked ham. So that's that's the rundown on Missouri. Their stadium is called Memorial Stadium. It holds seventy one thousand people. Farrowfield. 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 Oh, well, it's Farrowfield at Memorial Stadium. Okay, all I got it's was Memorial Stadium. Hmm. <laughs> it doesn't say here in the notes. It's why you're the best guy in the business. There are like, there are like I'm going to make Memorial a note Stadium. of who is Farrow? I think he's a, a former. A, Branson, uh, famous Branson musician? No, Branson, no. You don't know the Midwest at all. Branson's in Missouri. Yeah, but barely. And Columbia is like, it's like, listen, Missouri <laughs> is basically St. Louis, Kansas City, Columbia. And, and the Ozarks. Delta right. flies to Branson. I mean, it's got to be something. Well, here, well it, yeah, yes, that is where the Charlie Ozarks Pride's there. Converge. And this is this is going to. It's actually we're talking about Ole Miss, which is going to drive a little crazy. But you know where Columbia's is is the area is actually called Little Dixie. You know that, right? No, I didn't. know Yeah, that. there was a huge group of former Confederates that, that lived in that area. Um, that was, and that's that's actually true. That's not made up history. That's actually happened. So, so there you go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. More, all right. More. So, so since I've spoken a lot on Missouri, Tony, what do you think? Uh, you add all that up, compute all that, and spit out some kind of some kind of formula that is going to put Georgia in the winning column. Well, here's the thing that I keep coming back to is that they gave up 494 yards to West Virginia, and they gave up 428 yards to Eastern Michigan. We're going to both move the ball on them. Uh, that's. Right. I mean, they're just, we're going to be able to. I mean, I, that would be very surprising. But it also wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being one of those ugly 17 14, 21 14 things where. Not, but not as ugly as last year? Oh, Nothing gosh. Is ugly oh. Year. Uh, what, 9 6. 9, nine six. 6. 9 6. All the field goals. Yeah. There's so much feels. And, uh, but, you know, the, again, but this game could. This, this game has the hallmarks of being like our, our first game mm. uh, out there uh, four years ago. Where it was like what forty one ten or whatever the score was, where defense makes a couple of plays and really puts the game. I mean, it was it really wasn't. It was a night game, right? Four, uh, four years ago, yeah. Um, but or the game where we lost to them here, where we thought we were going to. Well, that was three years ago. Three years ago, that was right. the Michael Sam game. That was the, the Michael, game Michael Sam, Sam game. was dominant. stepped up, yeah. And right. um, frankly, got Mock. hurt. Maddie Mock came in. Um, th- I mean, those th- that seems to be the range to me. Uh, of of the way this game goes, it's, you know, Missouri's defense is uh, they're they're really bend don't break this year. Barry Odom is a, has a different approach offensively. They throw the ball a lot, a lot. I mean, a lot and, of those and that's good are, because that's our strength. Well, here's the thing: a lot of those plays are, are, are bubble screens and, and quick screens. Uh, so they throw the ball to run the ball. Essentially, is what yeah. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that that works out well. We have. We we show that we're not sometimes can be not great at covering deep passes. Lock can sling it, but that's not their offense. So I mean, I think that equals us being in a position to to always be within striking distance, um, whether whether we're ahead or behind. I, I think the thing that concerns me more is what was the source of the malaise last week? Right, we came right. out, we ran a, a first drive was just almost nearly flawless, scored seven points, and you could see the team just like we got this, yeah. right? And then the rest of the game, there was, I mean, there was no dance on the sideline, no one was talking. Why would you dance on it's the sideline? So, Nichols State calls you got to bring the swagger. Yeah, you but have it's hard. To. It's I, hard to. I don't disagree. I didn't. I didn't have any swagger in the stadium. But then, I could barely get my boys to dance. That's a good point. Karaoke camp. Yeah, but for what it's worth. 
This is supposed to be Kirby Smart's first home game as coach of the right. Georgia Bulldogs. No, his first home game was the G Day game. No, and yeah, exactly. But like, and that took that yeah. took all the. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that's an excellent point. I Thank have you. to say. Thank you. I, I that it, did, it felt like he had already accomplished that thing. No, it was hard for anyone to get up for that. It, you're right. It was hard for anyone to get up for, get up for this game. It didn't have that feel that like finally Kirby's back because they played the week We've before. Already seen We'd already done the ninety and the two game, and it was a crappy <laughs> opponent. And so I I understand that, but again, I think Parpy on this. Even with all of that happening, you still need to beat Nickel State by 20 points. And, and even if everything falling apart, you still have to beat them by 20 points. Hey, we'll, we'll write this one off. Well, it's funny. It's funny. We talked about the Missouri because if you just hark back to before last week, Georgia, what, what is Georgia favored in this game? I'm assuming uh, Georgia seven, seven or so. Seven, before seven. last week, because Missouri looked terrible against West Virginia. Yeah, they did not score their touchdown until the final two minutes yeah, of the game awful. against West Virginia. They so, awful. I mean, they basically got yeah. blown out. And as a Cardinals fan, I have many friends that are Mizzou fans. And after that game, they were just like, what? Of course, it's all falling apart. They were like, it's, it's worth remembering, Missouri has had as much upheaval and turmoil as any team other than Baylor, perhaps Baylor uh, over the last two years in all of college football. I mean, they, the football team literally planned on striking until the president of the university resigned. They had to get rid of the coach who seemed to at first didn't support them and then did. And it was just a mess all around with Missouri. This is still a team that I think Odom is a good coach. I think he's a guy that's going to get them eventually on the right track. But I really feel like the Eastern Michigan game should not make us think that Missouri has turned any sort of corner or even is the Missouri of three years ago. And listen, I was at that Missouri. That was literally, I think it was the first uh, SEC game, I, the second SEC game I went to was that Missouri game. It was hot. It was, I was up at the 600 level. That was the Ooh, those was, are uh, bad. Yeah, up at the 600 level. And it was so hot. And it was just an ugly game. And the whole Missouri just dominated them. In the second half. Yeah. Basically, when Franklin got hurt and Matty Mock came in, he just kind of yeah. struck lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And, and then, he had that one ridiculous, like, what, halfback pass yeah. or something. But, I mean, it was the defense. Like, that defense, that was that was the game where everyone was like, holy crap, Michael Sam is, like, the best player, is the best football, right. is the best. I mean, he won. That was a game that started his defensive player of the year in mm-hmm. SEC business. Like, he was so good that game. The defense may be... I don't think they're to that level, but I think they may be a top, uh, an excellent defense. But I really think we are. I think people are overreacting to that Eastern Michigan game. I don't think Missouri is that good of a team, and so I. And to me, if Georgia, I would be more worried about this game if Georgia would have won by like fourteen last week. Where they played bad, but not enough that they ever got a real scare. So when Kirby says we didn't play well today. They don't really believe him because they won by like 14 or 21 points. They were just freaking close to losing that game last week. If that doesn't put a scare in them. Oh, I'm, that, co- I'm convinced the football teams run the steps of the stadium right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> like this second. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the, the thing I – one of the things I keep coming back to, I was looking for the stats because there was a stat. I was like, wow, there's something that really stands out. And that is red zone conversion for Missouri. They've only converted 55% of their red zone attempts. Five of nine. You know, part of that was was missing field goals, but still, they've they've only scored four touchdowns on nine trips. That's really that's not great, especially considering they played Eastern Michigan last week, right? And then you know when you get on their the defensive side, they've given up ninety percent. Yeah, I mean they've only they've only stopped a team from scoring once. I guess my point is is that our defense is actually built to stop teams once they get inside the 
once they get inside the um the twenty. Uh, give me a second. I'll check towards this uh, red zone conversion. I think it's probably time to get back to. Hey, what's up with the quarterback situation? What's up with the? We should probably get well, back. There's to no. That um, he hasn't announced. Again. I mean, whether he's announced or not. The thing that I thought was fascinating about last week, I was happy when he made Easton the starter. I am ready for Lambert to be the Lambert era. To I was kind of happy when Lambert came in. in that I, game. I don't know if I was happy when he came in, but that pass he threw. That's the pass you need him to throw. Right. And to me, that said. Like Lambert, is, he was in there. So do you want, do you want to do your stat? Uh, Tony? Yeah, I was just gonna say we've we've scored on ninety percent of our red zone yeah. trips. Yeah, so um, we're all right. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And for me, the the thing with Lambert is that's a very specific situation that you need him in right there. The two times that Lambert's come in in the fourth quarter have been a hang on, we've got the lead, hang on to the ball both times. Like mm-hmm. that's what they've been. Hey, we got the lead, hang on to the ball, make the pinpoint not impressive. But pinpoint safe pass or hand the ball off and don't fumble. But and he succeeded in both of those spots. But I don't know how much longer it's going to be until Jacob Eason can't take care of that. Well, let's play a thought exercise. Let's say we're down two instead of up two. Do we see Eason come in? Yes. yes. Down two to Missouri? To whomever. I mean that's what we did against UNC. We were down basically ten and Eason came in. Well, I'm we're talking, talking about with two drive. minutes left in the You're game. You're talking last drive. Oh, I have no idea. I wouldn't want to make that call. I think it's gotta be. <laughs> I think it oh I guess oh the problem is I think it's got. I just think it's got to be Eason. It's got to be Eason because otherwise they're not going to believe anything deep. Yeah, like that's the problem. The reason I, I just keep going back to that pass, <laughs> to that pass in the North Carolina game. Yeah, it's just crazy. something that we haven't seen. And the fact that he can do that, even if he's not doing it, <laughs> actually to me is enough to think that he should be the starting quarterback. So at what point do you worry about destroying Easton's confidence when you don't trust him to close out a game? He, sh- he shouldn't have to worry about that. I mean, he's an 18-year-old kid. He was a every All-American, everything. He should already have that kind of built in. He's a special guy. He shouldn't have to worry yeah. about worrying yeah. about his confidence. I mean, I worry about my 8-year-old's confidence. I shouldn't worry about an 18-year-old stud recruits confidence yeah i mean on one hand yes on the hand he's 18 like he's 18 like he's 18 he's only 10 years older than your son <laughs> or seven years older than your other son <laughs> like he's 18 years old and he's just off campus he's far away from home and also another thing about Easton, i've actually been kind of impressed by he looks like he wants like he does not look like he doesn't he doesn't come in and look like the analogy I always do on this is Jeff George. I remember when Jeff George oh, came to Illinois. Not NFL Jeff George. I know who you're talking about. He came to yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. He came to Illinois. He was cocksure. He was mulleted. He had the mustache. He, but like when, when, it, when there was like a drive where you're like, okay, we got to win on this drive. Who's going to lose down the field? Eyes as big as tennis balls. He was not that guy. Like he just wasn't that. Oh, dude. he wasn't. He, he was. Wasn't. He wasn't that guy with the Falcons either. Exactly. No. No. He, he was wasn't. just not that dude. He was the. Listen, if you want me to throw it eighty yards, I'll throw it eighty yards. But wait, I'm supposed to inspire these guys. I'm supposed to be the leader. I have to say, I see that Neeson. So who's like, your? I feel like you see it already. Who is your avatar of being that 18 year old guy? Do you have a guy that you can reference that you would like to see him like? That, that that when they were eighteen, yeah, yeah. no, that's the point. Is that like no? <laughs> but to me, that's what I find so impressive. Maybe Jameis Winston. Yeah, I was just about to say Jameis Winston. <laughs> he, was a, he was a red shirt, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah, was, but yeah. still, he was yeah. he was well, his he came first. In right, yeah. yeah, I agree. Hey, you know what? The the kid at Florida State now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Dante Francis. I mean, they looked horrible yeah. that first yeah. half, and then he came. It's like he had a, a moment with Jameis, and he became a different I'll person. Say you don't see. Like you, when when you see someone, even when he was driving after that throw, yeah. and he came down, and it's not it wasn't like that didn't look like a freshman to me. 
Like, no. they to throw. That didn't, people were not responding to him like, hey, good job, kid. Good job. They're like, let's go. And to me, that is something. And I feel, for the record, I think Lambert has that too. I think people trust. I think yeah. the team likes Lambert. I don't yeah. think people dislike Lambert. But to have that coming in and just to see, like, come on, football players are not stupid. Uh, they can look and see, oh, that's something that our other guy can't do. And for a team that is going to rely so much on being able to run the ball and, frankly, run the ball up the gut a lot, to have a guy that can do that, even if he's not doing it consistently, I think it's just something you need in the offense. I think he should be starting every it, game all the way through. And, and I think that gets back to my bigger point and the reason I asked the question is that at some point, I think it if there's anybody on the team that's going to step up and be that one leader, I think it has to be Eason. Yeah. I think it does. And the reason is is that even if Lambert has the respect to the team, if he's not walking out there first as quarterback, there's something – Psychological about that, or whatever, however you want to frame it. Uh, and it's not like the team is like, hey, this guy won 10 games for us last year. Why isn't he starting? Right. There certainly doesn't seem to be that impression. No. But so that, and that gets me. I, I mean, I made the point last week. It's like, you know, the difference between Jacob Issa and Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford always had this cocksureness that he could, he could make it happen. Right. That, right. frankly, I haven't seen out of Eason yet, right? right. Um, you know, Eason has that confidence, but he does not have this – he has this willingness to, to step back and kind of play within his limits. And for what it's worth, like, Stafford was not always right. Right. And, <laughs> and he's still not. Still not always right. uh, But, you know, it, let's, be, let's also be real upfront about this. Eason's going to have a game where he he's going to make – throws and you're like what are you doing man yeah. he had a couple this week yeah right i mean the throw in the middle and i i, I mean we talked about it sunday yeah, it was tipped but it right. was tipped but he, he forced it i mean he threw to two guys who one was trying to rub a run a rub route and basically elbowed the right. the defender in the head and then he also threw it behind both guys um, it was almost like he split second. He was like, "I'm throwing to Blaze." No, I'm throwing it to uh, was it Jason Stanley who was yeah. running the rub part of the route. So you know, at some point you have to. That's going to happen. But what's what's more likely to happen? Is he's he's going to he's going to see an opening that's not there, yeah. and somebody's going to jump a route or something. It's going to happen. And it could happen this week. But at some point you have to just say, you know what? That's the lumps we're going to take, and we need to trust our team to be able to overcome that. And more to the point, too, I think, for the record, I think they can beat Missouri with either Lambert or Eason, yeah, I mean, frankly, quite comfortably. Yeah. But well, we won We won by, like, yeah. 30, 30% of the points last year. But that Mississippi game is next. <laughs> that Mississippi game is next, and they're going to put up some points. Yeah, Even, we'll, we'll panic about Mississippi next week. But that's my point, though, is, that, like, wouldn't it be nice to have Eason have a game under his belt? I thought that was going to be last point. Saturday. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think I think we see the offense open up this week. I think we see us do different things with different sets that we didn't even try this this past week, and which is why I think we're going to win. I mean, look, if we come out and our, if we run the same offense we ran, we're sunk. We're not beating Mississippi. Right. If we run the same offense we ran, we're not beating but Mississippi. But I just I don't think that's something that's ever going to happen. I, I don't think, think that's they, right. I think that's right. Everything holstered last yeah, I think that's right. Right. All right. So are we making our. So I forget. Do we make our picks? Yeah. yeah let's do our picks, and then I'll. And then um, we do that. Then we do. And that. then yeah. L- last yeah. week we did three questions with Tony. We don't really have a good clever name, so this week we'll do three questions with Tony and Will. With y'all. Oh. Yeah. Or with Excited. y'all. There we go. Excited. All right. So we will get to the fun office pools. For the record, mm-hmm. um, let's check the standings. At real least quick. go Gators out of the lead. Yeah. Lone Stranger, which I kind of like that name. Mm. Uh, they are. Oh, never mind. They are not in the lead. Sorry, sorry. Are, you looking, are we going to talk about even, fantasy football at all? No, we're just going to let that go. 
I'm just that curious. was really that was really bad because okay. Tony wiped out Scott last yeah, week. I I, that's I, the only that's the only score I saw. I have no idea how yeah. you did. Well, uh, I was actually in the lead until D'Angelo Williams had a touchdown on Monday night. So, <laughs> so which is which is particularly frustrating worst. for me because Le'Veon Bell is going to be like this. Yeah, start to be back. My goal is to go one and two in the first three weeks where Bell is gone. I just need one win, and then once I get back, and then yeah. Jamal Charles will be back. Then my team, because I got Jameis Winston. Yeah, you're actually like going to be gonna okay. be nuts. Yeah. this year, like yeah, that no, might be the best pick I made. So <laughs> to me, if I if I can just go one and two in the weeks that Bell's gone, I feel comfortable. With you start Matt Ryan. I I didn't. I started Russell <laughs> Wilson, and Matt Ryan had 20 points, and I also have Sanu. <laughs> And I Who had, what, him. 17 points or something? Yeah, and I Ridiculous. started Amari, Car- uh, Amari Carroll. He's, he plays for the Raptors. I started Amari uh-huh. Cooper. <laughs> that would have been great. Maybe I would have gotten more points. Uh, no, Both it was all Is he Vanderbilt's coach? No. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, fantasy football was terrible. So, back to the Pick'em contest. It was not Hunk of uh, whatever I just said. That's Hunk of Grizzle. Hunk of Hunk Grizzle. Of Grizzle. Grizzle. Sorry, I read it wrong. There's a T in there, so it's gristle like the meat. Yes. Uh, they are in first place with 194 points. I am in like 69th place. I am below that. And I have no idea where Will is. Oh, Will Leach, you are in 47th place. Nice. So you are only 14 points off the lead. And if I hadn't have been a dum-dum that picked Illinois last week, only at one point, mind you, um, I might be in good shape. Right. So... Let's get into the picks. Let's get the business. Starting us off, a 6 o'clock kickoff down in, what did they call it? Isn't it Paulson Stadium? Is that it? Paulson? Where? Southern? Down in Statesboro? Yeah. Who's Paulson? Uh, the founder of Gulfstream. Oh, okay. Respectable man. No, oh, rich. still that around? Guy, that guy. Yeah, a rich man. Is he still yeah. around? Uh, no. Sure. Okay. Uh, La Monroe. Goes to Southern, and Southern is favored by basically 25 points. Southern. Southern. Yeah, Southern. And that's all the time we'll spend on that. Uh, Florida State at Louisville. That's a Thursday night game? That is a Saturday noon kickoff game. Well, it's also the it's the game day game I believe this week. Yes, it is. Game day is there. Well, Lamar Jackson, who is yeah, that, I think that's what Samuel pushed L. Jackson. Yeah, the that, combination. That's that's what I think pushed this into being that game as he's been so statistically. I mean, he's got insane. he's got seven hundred yards passing and yeah. what four hundred yards rushing. But again, he's you know he has not faced yeah, Charlotte yet. and Syracuse. Yeah, so well, yeah. one of those teams is. Uh, one of those teams is in the ACC, allegedly. Yes. And one of those teams has a completely offensive-minded coach and a defense that's entirely being restructured. Yeah. I uh, I know that everyone's really excited about Louisville right now. Why would they not be? Who? The guy scores a Who? Who's excited Everybody. about Everybody. Everybody. Have you them. seen this dude? This no. dude's the them. Heisman leader right now. Them. I would never those be excited people. about Louisville. They're, they are doing game day there, so obviously somebody's excited. He's got 13 touchdowns. Sky has just decided that evidence to the contrary, he is not going to be excited about Bobby Louisville. Petrino is their coach. Yeah, yeah. Who is a pretty smart guy when it comes yeah. to this kind of offense? Yeah, he can. He actually has. He he runs a pretty good game. And uh, that know, said, he used played, to own a motorcycle. They played Charlotte and Syracuse. Listen, I agree that Flor- I think Florida State is going to win this game. But the like, lots of people are excited about Louisville. Yeah, and but that said, I do think Florida State. Yeah, Florida State wins. wins. Game Florida State's going to wipe them out. I think. I think the word you're looking for is wax that something. <laughs> All right, New Mexico State at Kentucky. Oh boy, what's the what's the line? 18? Uh, Eighteen and a half. That seems kind of high. <laughs> it is funny because I it, I was listening to Solid Verbal this week and they were discussing what like if Stoops like clearly already now getting on a crazy hot seat business. <laughs> oh, yeah. but like what would it take? Like 
What would it take for him not to make it October? It would be losing this game. <laughs> yeah, if he loses that game, they're going to take him to an airport to fire him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I do think they win, but I got to say, the way they're going right now, I wouldn't put anything past. Like, to not only lose that first game, to lose it in the way that they did, and then to come out and just be wiped out last week. I'm picking Kentucky, but through gritted teeth. They probably yeah. would have liked to flip-flop Florida and New Mexico State in the order of the schedule. Or not play Florida at all. Or just not play Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I think Kentucky wins, but does not cover. Yeah, that sounds right. Michigan State at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a touchdown favorite. Yeah, I, Notre Dame. That was a, that was. And by the way, we're not picking covers. We're right, just right, picking right. straight ups. That Texas loss was a tough one and a huge one for Texas moving forward. But Notre Dame is still a team that I think could still be in the playoff. I mean, the, Notre Dame is basically in the situation if they just lose one game in a year, they're going to be in the playoff. Yeah, they're a playoff. And, team and I think lot. they've got talent, so I will pick Notre Dame in this game. I'll take Notre Dame. I'm going to take Sparty. Sparty. Ohio State at Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I don't understand. I know this is the first time Oklahoma has not been favored at home in like a century. Nobody realizes that Ohio State is the other Alabama. Everyone feels like they lost all this talent last year, so therefore they have to rebuild so much. But Meyer has been there long enough, knows this well enough. He is, like we've seen already, that team looks awesome so far. And I I have to say, I feel like, I know everyone's excited about Michigan. I think Ohio State's going undefeated in the Big Ten this year, and I think they're going to actually not only beat Oklahoma, I think they're going to beat them pretty easily. I got to go with uh, the Buckeyes. I agree. I agree. Southern Cal at Stanford on the farm. And Stanford's favored by about a touchdown. I, I mean, that's that. How? I mean, I'm I'm picking Stanford, but I I just can't get my head around. I can't get my head around Southern Cal. I yeah. mean, Alabama may have broken them <laughs> like that, was, right? But then they turn was, around and they beat they beat Utah State pretty handily. And Utah State, you know, they're Utah yeah. State, right? But yeah, I don't know. I, I put just, it this way: if USC wins at Stanford. Alabama is going undefeated this year. Oh, they're going undefeated and make everybody look silly. <laughs> yeah. Like if 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 a team that they can beat, what was it, fifty two to seven, yeah. can go in and win at Stanford two weeks later, be very I mean, terrifying. I think we'll look back at that and say like, wow, Alabama really was the deal. I'm gonna go with Southern Cal. I'm picking Stanford just because I'm not ready to accept that Alabama uh, could beat the Cleveland Browns right now. I got you. <laughs> that sounds right. If you listen to last week's podcast, my favorite alternate helmet team is going to Columbia to play South Carolina. Was it, who, I, I, East Carolina. Was it? East Carolina. Pirates. Oh, the Pirates win this game big. They win this game big. I'm telling you, they win this game big. Ah, oh, man. For the record, East Carolina beat Western Carolina 52-7 to in week one and then beat NC State 33-30 last week. So the question you have to ask yourself, is South Carolina better or worse than NC State? I'm still taking South Carolina. I'm just not ready for East Carolina to be winning a road game against the NC State. Oh, they've done it before. Yeah. I know. I'm just not ready to do it. I'm going to go with the Pirates. Big. Okay. Uh, Coach Richt is going to take a bus or or maybe Well, I think you have, to take, you have or, to take three modes of transportation, Yeah, I right? mean, there's no easy way to get there. I think you fly to Charlotte and you take a train to Asheville and then a pack mule in to Boone. Is that <laughs> you got to have works? a Sherpa. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be 90 degrees here on Saturday. It's going to be like 75 and up snowing. there. It's going to snow. They go to Appalachian State. They're only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah. Can you imagine the just the shock of the Miami players – 
going to Boone, North Carolina. <laughs> I, I it's hard to. I, I'm, be, I'm guessing Luther Campbell is not making the trip. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think. I, yeah, I think Luke's gonna stay home. He and Nevin yeah. Shapiro ain't going to Boone. No. Um, I have to say the thing about Appalachian State, as impressive as they looked, and they did like not, they probably should have won that game, and they looked like they were equal to Tennessee. The problem is Tennessee. I do think found themselves last week. I am concerned about Tennessee moving forward, uh, and I think they looked like they figured something out in that Virginia Tech game, which makes me think that Appalachian State's maybe not quite as good as they looked that week. And I think uh, I feel like it's like I, I like what Rick's doing there. I'm I'm picking Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'll take Miami. And three weeks ago, I thought the game would have been a little different. Uh, two weeks ago, I guess I thought the game was a little bit different, but I just I think you're probably right. I'm going to take Miami as well. And interesting, their next game is at Georgia Tech. Yeah, but they have a week off after this game, so they'll be able to get healthy after facing the Mountaineers and flying or taking bikes yeah. or yeah, go karts sure. or whatever sure they take to get there. All right, so on the flats at twelve thirty, Tony's favorite bottom dwelling SEC team, Vanderbilt. He's going to Georgia Tech. I think Vandy beats him. I don't know. I feel like Georgia Tech has these fluctuations where uh, I think winning in Ireland gave me a little bit of hope with uh, for them. For when Georgia beat Boston in Ireland, uh, <laughs> I will take. Yeah. Uh, I will actually take Georgia Tech in this game. I just switched my pick because I realized I was picking too many away teams. I'm going with Georgia Tech. All right, now we get into some SEC games. Because I didn't, I put uh, South Carolina and Kentucky earlier because you know, yeah, they're you know it's just not the same. Texas A and M at Auburn. Auburn's favored by three and a half, which is kind of crazy to me. That's that's the weirdest stat line of the week. Yeah, it, it's so strange that it makes me worry they know something that we don't. Um, but I have to say, if Auburn loses this game, that Nelson seat is going to be. Crazy hot. So I, I'm actually picking up. I think that holds off a little bit. I'm actually that line freaks me out enough that I think I'm actually going to go with Auburn. They've both been tested because AM opened with UCLA and Auburn o- opened with Clemson. Auburn gave Clemson a pretty good game. Yeah, but I did not think Texas A&M was going to beat UCLA. That was an imp- like their defense looks really good. <laughs> right. And right. Chavis knows what he's doing. I'm going to go I'm with A&M up. as well. I think I'm going to get this wrong by picking uh, by picking Auburn for what you will. You will. That's all right. <laughs> So, three thirty, CBS, Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin. You think they're on good terms now after he? I think it's. I have to say, I think about this. I'm glad I don't work in a field. I I, I did a little side note about the Kiffin Saban thing. Like Lane Lane Kiffin, whatever. Like, listen, Lane Kiffin is a very easily mocked guy. Everybody likes to have fun with Lane Kiffin. He is still like a grown man. Like this is like a grown adult man walking around the world. Like, Nick Saban is not a drill sergeant. Like, he's a football coach that's paid a bunch of money to play at a public university. The uh, If I'm Lane Kiffin, I don't care. Maybe this is why I could never be a football coach. But, like, if some dude <laughs> yells at me like that, I don't care. Like, this is not the military. This is a football organization. Maybe I'm, I'm not I, – I don't appreciate the, uh, the org chart of a college football team. But, like, I don't care who you are. This is national television. Let's wait till we get back in the locker room and start yelling at me like that. I know that Saban is a god, and Saban can do whatever he wants. Everyone loves to mock Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is a grown dude who needs the respect of his players and may someday want to have a future job. And we are going to think every single time we see Lane Kiffin for a long time of Nick Saban screaming in his face like he was his 13-year-old son. And I I have to say, again, this is probably why I would be a terrible football coach. 
I know everyone just found it funny because it's fun to kick a sand in Lane Kiffin's face. I don't know. I thought I, that's not, I'm not really a big fan of that kind of stuff. Well, I'm going to pick Alabama to win, but I, you bring up a bigger point. I wonder how much the stress and everything of this job is getting to Nick Saban because it seems to be more it seems and more coming unhinged, I mean, almost coming unhinged. Like you beat a pretty good Western Kentucky team, thirty-eight to ten, and you come and say you've never been this embarrassed after a win. Like he has a lot of latitude to be that guy, but. There comes a point where people just like start tuning it out, and at some point, eighteen twenty-two year olds will. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, you know, I, I, I mean, I like whether I, I don't know this this year, Man. but I wonder. Yeah, I think Alabama wins as well. But for what's worth, like Mississippi, obviously has had, like they've caused Alabama a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, uh, to say the least. Yeah. But uh, what time is that game? Three thirty. Uh, yeah, CBS. I mean, we're what we're hoping for here is a just. A slug, a slaughter oh, fest. 13, a 12, and yeah. a, no, five overtimes, yeah, a slog, yeah. an emotionally draining game. And frankly, frankly, we want Ole Miss to win. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we want Ole Miss to win. Yeah. Because we want them, we want us to go in there for that 11 o'clock kickoff yeah. and them thinking they got this. Yeah. That's the only way, well, that's not the only way we win this game, but that makes me feel that's better the about it. Route. That that's the easiest good. route. All right, moving on, Mississippi State at LSU. LSU's favored by 17. I guess they're confident in their Purdue transfer. The Purdue transfer. Everyone getting excited yeah, about yeah, Purdue transfer. I mean, yeah, he went, he went. I mean, Mississippi State looked good he last went, week. He went seven for 17. <laughs> I don't know well, how they're that far behind. I'll say, I mean, if LSU loses this game, oh speaking of people not making it to October, yeah. I mean, this is as easy as it gets in the SEC West. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking LSU. LSU, big. But... Yeah. I mean, you're right. Mississippi State looked all right last week, but yeah, no. Well, it was against South Carolina. Right. All right. Finally, moving on to the game at hand, 7.30 kickoff, 6.30 Central Time Zone. Georgia goes to Missouri, where last time they went to Missouri, it was Nick Chubb's coming out party, because you remember that was the Gurley game. That was yeah. the game the week that Gurley got suspended. Nick Chubb ran the ball 38 times for 143 yards. I think we'll see something similar. And carries and yardage, maybe a little bit more from Nick Chubb. And I think Georgia handles Missouri. Not quite the 34 nothing score that we had a couple years ago, but maybe Brendan Douglas flips in the end zone again, and we win 27-3. to okay. I'm not sure they can keep Missouri to score that few points, but I'm generally on your wavelength here. I feel like this is not going to be, not even just because, yeah, as we said earlier, I feel like there's enough of a kick in the pants after the Nichols game that I'll put it this way. If Georgia comes out and lays an egg, I'm very concerned. Like that's probably the best way to put this. Yeah. If seven they, and five is on the table. That yeah, happens. exactly. If that comes out and, and if they come out and, and don't, and never mind, like if they play tough and Missouri's a little better than we think and they lose, that's a different thing. But if Georgia comes out and just looks flat and like they did last week, it's time to be extremely concerned, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to go with 31-17. The thing I keep coming back to is how we're going to look when we get into third down situations and kind of what plays we're going to run and how how much we're going to spread the ball out. And I think we're going to open up the offense. It wouldn't surprise me at least to see Lambert start and let's see whether or not we can just pound the ball inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you do that, what you're doing is you're setting up Missouri for the classic situation where Easton comes in and they have to get out of there. They have to change their defense. I, I'm not as confident in our ability to score 
a large number of points, but this still feels like a 24-20, a 24-17, 24-20 game to me. Is there a possibility that it's, you know, 31 to 14, but we score late to pull away? Yeah. Or we score the touchdown with three minutes left to go ahead, 24-20. That could happen also. But yeah, 24-20, 24-17 sounds about right. Okay. Well, you're, oh, do you want an Illinois minute real quick? Sure, we'll do a brief Illinois Hold minute. on, I got it. Go Cats. Go Cats, yeah. Seriously, the Illinois minute is Northwestern's 0-2. That is the <laughs> Illinois minute. And lost at home to ISU, to I Illinois mean, State. Then that's to, not Iowa I mean, State. The perfect, part about, the perfect part about this is that if Illinois beats Northwestern, they're the Illinois State champions now. Yeah, right. Maybe so, Illinois State. Illinois State. They did make the FCS championship game last year. Okay? Yeah, they're Illinois good State is very good. This is not Satan like Nichols or somebody, right? And uh, Illinois wah, State. Wah. Illinois State is very good. But yeah, to watch there's there's this wonderful photo <coughs> of um, of Pat Fitzgerald walking off the field with this dazed look on his face uh, with I, Illinois State players just celebrating all around him. And one of my favorite Illinois bloggers said that it looked. Like it looked like a still from Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> just like just just Fitzgerald just wa- just lost and shell shocked. Uh, it was very happy to see. Uh, so Illinois has a very tough game this week, to be honest. Uh, they play home against Western Michigan, oh, yeah. who has a team. Western Michigan, I think, is favored by two points uh, at Illinois. So um, I, the problem with Illinois are the back refs. Cover the game. They're no. suspended. They're suspended. Okay. So okay. I think the worry for Illinois in, the, uh, in their loss to North Carolina, I actually think Illinois matched up okay with North Carolina. I'm still not that impressed uh, with North Carolina. The problem is the one thing Illinois thought they had this year was West Lund. They thought they had this big arm quarterback that was going to run them, and he absolutely terrible in that game. And I think that is the concern for Illinois going forward. They need him to be a lot better. I'm worried uh, about this week against Western Michigan, and particularly I'm worried because people are so excited about Illinois. I don't know if anybody saw any of the first half of the Illinois game. That crowd was amped. For the first time, and perhaps the it was, only, a, it, was it was a sellout. It was a sellout. Was yeah, a sellout. well, Scott, you're right. They it was sold a it night out. game. They were absolutely crazed and. That's it. <laughs> I, I've taken all. I, I, that's all I can handle. Here's my last point on that. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all I can handle. My last point on that is say what you will, but for the first, first and perhaps only ever time, it was louder at Memorial Stadium in Champaign on a week than it was at, at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Yeah. I saw I saw Josh Whitman's Twitter feed and I was like, wait a minute, this thing sold out. That's crazy. Yeah, it was. It sold out. That's the first yeah. sellout in like five years. So anything happened around the country that we should talk about last week? I mean, no. Arkansas, TCU that, game? We, we addressed you, – you put it perfectly. <laughs> I actually played your soundbite. And, and if y'all are listening, if y'all are still listening, I mean, we're an hour into this podcast. But if you're still listening, go back to about – the 20-minute mark of our uh, episode 50, uh, where Tony describes what uh, Brett Belima would do. Um, and he referenced something it's, about it's, driving to Las Vegas with P. Diddy in the car. It was classic. Um, so, no, I think we're good on um, the national coverage because we just went through the whole thing. But what I do have is... Three questions. Oh, three questions. Uh, it's a return from last week. It's backed by popular demand by nobody but myself. And, Will, since you're here, uh, I had titled it last week... Something simple like three questions with Tony, and so this week it's going to be three questions with Tony and Will. We're still workshopping that name. Now, is it right, three questions right. for each of us, or do we each get the same three questions? You each get the same three questions. Okay, so do we Absolutely. Buzz in? Is it, would that be six questions? No, it's just three questions. It's, it's just three questions, and I think they're they're kind of fun. They're football related, and then they're the last one's not really football related, but kind of sort of. So anyway, question number one. Last week, 
watching the battle at Bristol on Saturday night with my boys, my eight-year-old Walker was talking to the TV, which he tends to talk to himself uh, and talks to the TV, talks to the game, talks anywhere. He's just an eight-year-old that likes to talk. He was talking about Josh Dobbs, the Tennessee quarterback. He noticed how Dobbs was playing pretty good, but then he said, but I don't like him. And so I stopped. I was like, why did you say that you don't like Josh Dobbs? It's alopecia, isn't it? Kind of of just wondering, why would you say that kind of after the fact? And he said it's because Georgia lost last year and, and Nick Chubb got hurt. So he related Josh Dobbs to Tennessee beating Georgia. Now, in the same breath, he he loves to watch Josh Dobbs, but he harbors ill will because of last year's game. So he respects him as a player. He just doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. Y'all follow what I'm saying? I think so. So think far. So. Okay. All right. It was kind of a big lead up. Ill will, so, which, by the way, is Will's rap name. Ill will. <laughs> That's right. My, so, my name is a helping <laughs> verb. Everybody have a good time. So, yeah, I have a hard time when I'm capitalizing or not capitalizing. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So my question to you after having said that, what player do you remember, and this could be college or even pro in the past, whom you respect, but you love to hate them because they were so good and they beat your team? Growing up, I would say that player was Steve Alford, uh, who played for Indiana uh, in college basketball. He played for Indiana. Uh, He was really good. He was Bob Knight's little pet. And Illinois hated Bob Knight and hated Indiana, and he constantly beat us. So my uh, my guy is Steve Alford uh, from the late '80s Indiana team. So you, you respected the fact that he was really good. Well, he was he obviously really good. Love to hate. And him. it's funny because now, of course, his son Bryce Alford plays for UCLA and is the exact kind of hateable player that his that his father was, which is a sign that a genetics are like a real thing, and b I've gotten very old. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I probably would go with uh, one of the Treadwells at Clemson um, for their field goal kick and prowess. I mean, we talked about my first Georgia game as a student would have been 86 against Clemson. And um, whether it's a Treadwell or not, in my mind it is. He kicked a 60-something yarder. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was David that ended up playing for Denver for so long. But if it wasn't, in my mind, he's the one that he's the one that did it. So, um I'm trying to think of there's a a Georgia Tech quarterback. Uh, uh, it's a Joe Mixon or I can't remember who it is. Uh, would have been like 90, 91 when they when they quote unquote won the national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of the guy's name, so it can't have that big of an impact on me if that's if I can't remember his name. In Georgia Tech, yeah. Oh, was it a Sean Jones? No, it would have been before that, right? What, who won the national championship? 90, 91, 92, somewhere there. I think it was Sean Jones that was the quarterback. Really? For okay. Tech. Well, that guy then. Yeah. Let's go with that guy. That was Ken Swilling and Sean Jones. Yeah. And, uh, Ken Swilling. Oh, yeah. Swilling. Number one. I mean, remember yeah, his big play, neck roll? If he hadn't played for the Falcons, I'd just say, yeah, I could probably go with that. Did Ken Swilling play for the Falcons? Pretty sure he did. Oh. Or No, he played for New Orleans. Okay. Clearly, nothing, it hasn't impacted me that much. Pat Swilling played for New Orleans, his cousin. Okay. Who also played for Tech. Anyway, all right, good answer. What about you? Oh, uh, mine would have to be a trio. Uh, I respected the way they played, but I couldn't stand them because I don't think we ever beat them. It was Danny Werfel, Redell Anthony, and Jacquez Green because all they did was the fun and gun, and they just stand back there and throw it to them. It seemed like every down. And that was the trio that just kind of in the mid-'90s with Steve Spurrier just kind of brought them back to – Relevance. You mean finally put them in relevance? Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah. they, yeah. they didn't really have I mean, college football did start in 1991. So. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to question two. You know my feelings about Missouri being in the SEC. And since it's Missouri week, I felt this was appropriate. I'd never had a problem with them until they joined the league. It's not even the two SEC East crowns that they now have. It's their location combined with eight conference games in our schedule that causes us not to play any of the other SEC teams uh, as much since we expanded to 14. I was even pulling for Missouri back a couple years ago when they were playing Kansas, of all teams, for the Big 12 championship. I just like Missouri to go away. That's kind of how I would feel. Mm -hmm. What team and for what reason would you like for them to just go away? I mean, I think the simple answer is Florida, right? And it has, I mean... Is it the fans? Uh, it's, it's certainly 64% of it. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know. I, Florida seems like the right answer to me, but part of me wants South Carolina just to go away. Yeah, and I, it has zero to do with them being in the SEC. I've long accepted them being in the SEC. They, it makes a lot of sense for them to be in the SEC. But it's the nouveau rich... You know, they finally had three three seasons when they won double digit, and then suddenly they're, you know, I don't know. It's just their fans are their fans are not great. The stadium is not great. The town is not great. Uh, I would go uh, again, coming from my outsider perspective on this, and I'll make sure to say in the SEC because the correct answer is obviously uh, anything uh, involving Rutgers, um, <laughs> uh, New Yorksville Big Ten team. Uh, True. True Big Ten team, sorry. Uh, Northwestern, obviously, would be the real answer. Yeah. Screw yeah. those guys. But uh, in, the, in the SEC, one of the things that I I think I've done somewhat successfully to my friends that live on uh, in New York and other East Coast environs is, I've, you know, I've, I don't think a lot of them really knew much about the South or knew much about Georgia or knew much about Athens and moved down here. I think I've successfully sold them on the fact that Athens is a great town and the South has a lot of very good people and... Don't give me the idea that like, oh, wow, are people more racist in the South? Well, I don't know. Have you seen the in everything that goes on in New York constantly? Right. So I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, so, but I have a hard time whenever those numb nuts in the overalls are at Tennessee games <laughs> making any Your doctoration completion, yes. Um, that is the thing. I cannot make, I can't. Justify that. I, I can be like, I can even be like, Mississippi has the Grove. No and nuts in the overalls. <laughs> what are their names? What are their names? Bubba and Lulu. <laughs> so, so my, your diagnosis is complete. My Here's answer your is Tennessee. My um, answer is Tennessee. I mean, the non SEC division is Penn State. I'm done with them. Completely, utterly done with them. It's like, look, you can, you can be proud of everything that happened, but the complete utter denial the, and the victimization the victimization in the yeah. denial is that's just i can't point. i can't deal with it yeah. and then of course jamie franklin's our coach so that's right that's right the most smug coach in oh, college football God. next just, urban Meyer. i love the penn state just smacked i'm smacked them around the i love the fact that penn state was like oh this rivalry so rival is not so beneath us and come back just not to get embarrassed yeah right, right all right final question wait a minute what's yours it's missouri yes yeah, missouri so, uh, so, sorry yeah. it's okay it's okay uh, final question. We have a bona fide film critic among us. Will has a podcast called Grierson and Leach for the New Republic, where Tim Grierson, am I saying that yep, right? You are. Where Tim Grierson and Will Leach discuss the week's latest movies, as well as classic films and directors that deserve a second look. I got that right off the iTunes of course. profile. Uh, <laughs> so, gentlemen, I don't see as many movies as I once did, but my final question revolves around sports movies. 
little known fact here, I was in a sports movie, Remember the Titans, and I'm proud to say it's a pretty daggum good movie, Um, sports movie or other movie. So, Will and Tony, my question to you is what is y'all's favorite all-time sports movie? And it can't be the program with James Caan. Right. <laughs> Trust me, it's not the program. Yeah, that's it. Um, that was a totally unnecessary <laughs> addition. I'll go first since you probably have actually. Actually, I, I, let me go first because I'm actually okay. like I, I have a thing about sports movies. I love sports and I love movies. I actually don't love sports movies that much. The thing I don't love about movies is that they're formulaic. Formulaic. Like I don't like that when movies all have, like I, my problem with rom coms is that like here they all have the exact same story arc and a lot of action movies have the exact same story arc and so much of the sp- these sports movies have the same story arc and some of them do it a little better than others and some of it do a little worse. But my you're problem talking is, about the pitcher's wife now, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but uh, that's, he plays for the Braves, right? The Sluggers' wife. Yeah, the Sluggers', the sluggers, sluggers wife. Yeah, yeah, sorry. sorry. With the Rebecca De Mornay. Um, yes. And um, yes. The, I bring up the. Slugger's wife. That is old wow. school. Um, so, but yeah, like I generally don't like the predictable arc of sports movies, particularly because it, it almost, after a while they start to feel like a musical. It's like, oh, here comes the <laughs> dance sequence. Here comes the the guy that he has his he has his period where he's great, and then he struggles because he gets too big. But then he comes back and learns to become a great team. And then Jerry Van Dyke does some sort of uh, funny. <laughs> thing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, and but that so that said the. I often feel bad about this because people always ask me like wow you love sports and you love movies what's your favorite sports movie and but my favorite sports movies are ones that are actually about they, they do two things right one they're a great movie independent of the fact that they are about sports and then they get the sports right I don't need them to be a great sports movie but you need to like understand sports you need to you can't just like we've all seen movies that sports movies where like it's clear that the filmmakers don't watch a lot of sports and don't really know what's going on which is why a long way of saying to me not only the best sports movie but I think kind of undeniably the best sports movie is Bull Durham. Bull Durham is a movie that is a terrific romantic comedy, is really funny, is really sharp, is really smart, and gets the baseball right. Now, if you're looking for other movies I think are close, I think Slapshot is very close. Slapshot is a particularly great movie. Kill them. You take all my movies. I'm sorry. So I won't give them all. But to me... Uh, What's uh, your third one? Uh, no, I, I've, I've caused enough of... Uh, it's a home movie that Tony was in that he was going to pick um, that I just took away from there. Uh, <laughs> so but, what's your opinion on Remember the Titans? It is. I. I think that is a perfectly fine, well done sports movie. Like I can respect a good like Hoosiers, for example. That's clearly a big sports movie that runs a sports movie arc. But I think it runs it very well. But it's never going to hit the level. So I think it's good. But it's never going to hit the level to me of a a movie that just is so good and also is about sports. And that's uh, and everybody everybody wants some, which is a movie that came out this summer by Richard Linklater. Is not really a, it's a baseball movie, but it's not really about <coughs> baseball. It's a it's a movie about really fascinating, cool people that also is about baseball. I mean, I'm slap shots on my list. Um, it, you know, the the funny thing about it is it's major league is on my list. Yeah. And but there's a very specific reason for that is that it's just like it kind of captures a particular moment in my life where I just had this I kind of need the mindless oh, yeah. oh I good it. good luck story with yeah. with like three of my favorite actors and then being yeah, actually pretty good and uh it's Wesley just, Snipes one of your favorite actors Randy Quaid Randy Quaid, Randy Quaid <laughs> for the record I know he's insane now yeah but Randy Quaid is awesome well so for a long time I would I could quote I mean and I I would quote the Lou Brown like oh, yeah. I'd answer my phone tire world <laughs> I mean Lou I really would uh but you know and then um 
I'm like you. I I mean, I like sports movies as long as they're well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know what you're getting out of them. Like Hoosiers is on on my list, but you know what you're getting out of it, right? Um, but I, I actually think Prefontaine is a really yeah. really good movie. It's a more bioptic than than it is a sports movie. I love that was that strange time where two movies about Steve Prefontaine yeah. came out at the same yeah. time. Um, and then <laughs> is that the one with Jared Leto, or is that the one with Billy Crudup? No, I'm talking about the original one. The, no, well, no, yeah, I think it was. I, I think the Billy Crudup okay, was one yeah, I like. Yeah. I like the Breaking Away. It's, oh, yeah, it's breaking dumb away as it, it's dumb as it sounds. Break, for the what it's worth, break, we just did Breaking Away on the Grace and Leach yeah. podcast. We yeah. actually just discussed Breaking Away. One of our we have a section called the Reboot section, which mm-hmm. is, people give us a nice review on iTunes, and we encourage everyone, by the way, to give us our wait since last Saturday a very nice review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. But anyone that gives us a nice review, we review their movie in the podcast, and we just did Breaking Away. And I have to say, I actually really love Breaking Away. Yeah. And, is it Love and Basketball? Love and Basketball. That's a good one. It's yeah. a, is another one that I really like. It's um, I don't know. Um, I mean, but it's hard for me to it's hard for me to not like. I mean, I, oh god, the terrible Kevin Costner with the, his throwing the perfect game. The, oh yeah, not the rookie. The yeah, other it's one. The love of the, the other one. Love, love of the game. The rookie oh, is good, geez. but the love of the game is bad. That game, and I mean, you know, again, the natural. You know how that's turning right. out. But if you've read the book, you know how it's turning right, out. Right. But it's 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 well done. It has right. Robert Redford, who right, is, right, is right. rarely terrible. So. How about Scott? Uh, he's just gonna say, "Remember the Titans." Like, he, don't yeah, I have to? Titans. Well, I have to say, this is. I did not actually know you. Were I thought you knew. I remember the Titans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, remember the Titans? I was. Uh, it was filming in the fall of 1999. Yeah. And we filmed at Clarkston High School. We yeah. filmed at Paulding County High School, and in fact, we were at Paulding County High School filming. Uh, that night that the Georgia Auburn game was going on, and Ben Leard, I was listening to it on the radio. Ben Leard was. You know, destroying oh, yeah, Georgia. Yeah. It was it was a very bad game for for Georgia, but it was uh yeah, it's fall ninety nine, and uh, I am you can see me pretty clearly in at least two scenes because I was an extra, of course, I wasn't one of the featured actors. Are you in the stands? No, I'm. Uh, I was dressed out in the football okay. player. So one of the coolest memories I have of uh, being on set was at Clarkson High School. Uh, it was our first day, and it was at the beginning of camp you know, in the movie when we were, we were all going to camp. Nobody had seen Denzel. And so we were out there with our pads on, stretching, mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to get warmed up because we knew we were going to have to run a bunch of plays. All of a sudden, you see Denzel, but it wasn't Denzel. It was Coach Boone. It was Denzel. Mm-hmm. He was completely in character. Uh, football coach walks out there, and we're kind of starstruck yeah. at first. And he was like, all right, let's start it up. You know, take a lap. You know, and we're not. So you're not no, an opponent. You're on the team. I am on the you team. You are, in fact, a titan. I was a titan, uh, and you, you know, we kind of all kind of stuttered a little bit. And he's like, he's blowing his whistle. He's like, take a lap. Yeah. And so we start taking a yeah. lap, and then we go through the calisthenics and everything. And he then starts getting into everything, and uh, you know, makes us do bull in the ring. No cameras are going. We're just getting into character, I guess you could say. So that was one of the coolest things. Uh, he never broke character. That's the entire awesome. time. I mean, you know, in between breaks, he would like say, hey, how you doing and everything. But it was Coach Boone. It was not Denzel That's Washington. Awesome. And, you know, it broke down that barrier to where we weren't sitting there thinking like, oh, this is amazing. This is Denzel Washington. Well, you know, the guy that played Ronnie Sunshine Bass is from Dunwoody. Yeah. His name is Kip Pardue. He Actually, we, we talk on Twitter a fair amount. He had his very strong opinions on Coach Rick. Um, <laughs> is very is he is he a get rid of guy? To put it this way, to put it this way, he is coming to his first football game this this fall in a long time because his his boycott's over. 
Um, How long? Why? I don't know. I have so a, many questions. We can have the conversation offline, right, but right. Uh, he is, he's probably coming to a, he's probably coming to the game. Still, still an actor, still in Los Angeles. Uh, but he, he let me know he's coming to at least one of our tailgates this year. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll be able to. What, from, I've, I've heard the name. Yeah. He was, he was, in, in, he was in that uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, directed movie called, what, Speed or Racer or. Uh, it was about a driven. Formula One driver. Driven? Yeah, driven. Yeah, he's in Outcast. I've never heard of that. He was he was in Ray Donovan. Um, he had a, a one like one story arc in Mad Men. Um, I'm trying to think, maybe he wasn't driven, but I don't see it. Uh, let's see here. I think he was the guy driving the car. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, um, Rules of Attraction. That's right. Yeah, from. that's right. That's yeah, from. yeah. He was yeah. like he was like the secondary yeah, lead. That's what I know. Yeah. So, but he's still still acting, and he's. I'd, I'd love to see him at the at the tailgate. Huge Georgia fan. Definitely, let me know. Huge Georgia fan. Yeah, and you know Ryan Gosling was in that movie. As a oh, young yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, the guy that played the lead on Scrubs. Zach, Donald Donald Faison. Donald Faison. Donald Faison was in it. The big yeah. guy that was in uh, Mallrats. Uh, Ethan Embry. 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 No, no, not not Ethan Embry. He I was. I gotta in, look it up now. Hold on. No, it was uh, it was the the real fat guy. Suplay. I don't know his last name, but uh, he was, I think he was in Mallrats. Um, yeah, and, and Wood Harris, who was in The Wire, uh, and he was just in another movie that was released. Um, and then Kate Bosworth was in it, and so was Hayden Pantier. Ethan Suffley. Pantier. Um, oh, Hayden Pantier. Yeah, he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, oh, that's right. Girl. He was in American History X. Yeah. He's lost a ton of weight. Wow. Yes. So it was it was a great cast. <laughs> Yeah, and, and present yeah. company included. Here's um, a Mallrats two. There's a Mallrats two coming. Regretfully, I pass. Clark's um, two. Uh, yeah, so he must be part of that uh, yeah. View Askew universe, folks. Yes. Right. So you can see me in two scenes. Very good. One is after, and I hope I'm y'all have seen the movie. I'm not giving anything away. When uh, uh, Gary Bertier gets in the car wreck, and what? they're <laughs> they're at the hospital, and Wood Harris and Denzel, they have a close up of them talking. And you see some dude leaning against the wall. That's you. That's me. Awesome. And then at the very end, uh, What's your, see, do you have a do you have a number? Well, I was I had a helmet on. I had different numbers, and so okay. you can't really. I'd right. have to be there with you to say, "Hey, that's me." With this back turn, um, but at the very end of the movie, where it's the funeral scene, mm-hmm. it was filmed at Decatur Cemetery, and people are placing the roses on the grave, and they start singing, "Na na na na," mm-hmm. you know that part. Um, if you look between Denzel and his wife. There I am. Now, are you the one that gets on the back of the lineman who, when he does the uh, line crab crawl all the way up? Oh, and that's not Remember the Titans. That's uh, the the Mark Rick movie. Sorry. So that that was different. I I think you're thinking of Deliverance. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Uh, Oh. So that's how we will end this podcast on the Deliverance note. Yeah. Go dogs. Um, so yeah, yeah. thanks for uh, listening for this. But we'll have a post game show uh, next week. I do not. I do leave Tuesday, so I probably will not be able to make next week's show. So it's been very nice to be back. I really miss you guys when I don't do the show. We'll have to. We'll have to drive the bus next week again. I guess. Also. Yeah, and I'm leaving for early Friday to go to Oxford. So we got to okay. get this thing done. Okay. Yeah, we'll do, we'll get it done. We'll get her done. Yeah. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to enter your picks for our weekly pick'em contest. You can find it at funofficepools.com or via a link on the Georgia Sports blog. Like I mentioned quite often, we would appreciate your ratings and reviews on iTunes. This week's new review comes from TMELJE. He or she writes, I'm a UGA alum living in Boston and get my UGA football fix from this podcast. 
The guys are great and good mix of not overwhelming homerism. Thanks so much for your feedback, TME, LJE. I guess those are initials for a married couple. I'm going out of limb there. <laughs> Reviews or not, the three of us appreciate all of you listening to our show. We will be back next Monday after the Missouri game with our post-game recap. So, until then, safe travels if you're heading out to Columbia this week. Good luck to our dogs, and we will see you on campus very soon. Take care.